Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. Today we're talking about Momoa in Minecraft, a new Star Wars game from Amy Hennig, and Netflix slashing animation. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Hey, it's Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me this week, we've got, uh, he's a fan of animation who's strong with the force, but can also be described as tall and blocky. He's Justin Lawrence. <laughs> Tall and blocky, pull, right? Yeah. Tall and blocky. I literally, I literally embody something from everything we are going to be talking about. <laughs> I think everything, so. everywhere, all at, all once. at once. I am. That is me. Okay, <laughs> that's you. How are, How are you? you doing, man? I'm doing good. good I, long day at work today for me. Uh, so I'm trying to like I was saying before we started recording. I'm like I got to get my energy up. Got to get my energy up. But uh, before we get before we kind of dive into this week, you know, into the news and everything. I needed to bring something up, some really sad news uh, recently. Justin, it just, it makes me wish we could move to a multiverse uh, outside of our own where things never get delayed. Don't you, don't you wish sometimes there, there's a a universe out there that exists. What do I have to do? What chapstick do I have to eat to get to that version of the world where we get to, uh, to have things not delayed? Because I don't know if you, if you, if you saw this or if you heard, but Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, uh, part one, I guess, of two has been delayed into 2023, um, and then we also got some other news about Madam Web, but I don't care about any of that. Justin, are you, are you upset? What's, what's going through your mind right now? Oh yeah. I, I knew about this. I, I, as you were mentioning, delays have just been kind of the, the norm, the constant yeah. norm. Of, Especially with of, Sony. Yeah. Well, just in general, I think yeah, it, I guess, it's been yeah. something that we've been seeing, but yes, definitely with that, uh, with Sony, with Warner as well for, we're going to, we're going to nitpick here. But yeah. uh, I, I did tweet out, you know, this one hurts. This is the one that hurts the most because I was, I believe in our looking forward in 2022, what we were getting excited for. I, this was on top of the top of my list uh, yeah. as at the end of this year. I was very excited for it. So and I'm reading here, I'm reading here now that they also said they dropped uh, for Across the Spider-Verse, they've dropped the part one from the title. Yeah. Um, but yes. apparently they are still doing a part two for March 29th, uh, 2024. Yeah, exactly. We got, we got a lot yeah. to come, and 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 honestly, sure. for me, like, don't get me wrong, dude. I'm 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 bummed out by it too. Like, I was really looking forward to seeing that movie this year. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, Chris Miller, yeah, more time to make it great is what he tweeted out. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's true. So I think it's very it's, true. It's, it's and I think that's that's literally it. I just I wish that it was already made great so we could enjoy it at the end of this year. But I know that we're gonna get it. Um, it's just, it's, it's one of the ones that does sting the most of all the other ones, you know, I was very excited for into the spider verse. So, and I think a lot of people on Twitter were, they were, it was, it was a bit of a, (laughs) of a, everyone shed a tear. Everyone shed a tear. I just feel like it was, you know what? Like, here's the thing. You're announcing a Madam web project with Dakota Johnson and, and putting that out, I guess, July 7th and then an equalizer movie. I just don't, I don't know if I. I don't know if I care about anything that's Sony specific, right? Like, hmm. I just don't know if I if I need to to get those. Movies. What's the other one that they're doing right now? Um, Craven, Craven, right? Craven yeah. is is another one that they're doing, and that's just, in production right now. It's wow. if it's if it's just gonna be Morbius again 
right? If it's if that's what they're going to be doing or putting out, like if it's just going to be Venom two again, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Let's right? talk about like, the movie that we did get to actually see. We didn't see Morbius, and I, I probably that's, that's true. <laughs> I'll probably watch Morbius uh, uh, once it once it does hit some sort of streaming platform or. But Justin, I want less BS. I want less. I don't want more BS. I honestly, I just feel like anything that's not coming from MCU proper, right, or or partnered with Marvel uh, proper, I I just don't know if I I, I care enough. I know. I I get what you're saying, though. Of of all of the stuff that Sony is working on in terms of Marvel Spider Man, this is the most interesting into the Spider Verse or across the Spider Verse. Across the Spider Verse, yeah, yeah. And and I think this is the most exciting. So to hear this one. Yeah. Getting delayed, like I said, I go back to my my first sentiments. It hurts it, yeah. of all of the movies to get delayed. Madam Web, sure. Equalizer, whatever. Craven, I don't really care, you know. But uh, Into the Spider Verse, yeah, I, I would rather that sooner than later. Yeah, uh, and, and that's just me back. being greedy. That's just yeah. me being greedy, obviously being selfish. Yeah. But I understand, as Chris Miller says, it, it's just more time to make it great. And mm-hmm. I, I I believe in them. Uh, they did such a good job with the movie. They're allowed to have this this extra time. Sure. So there, it you know, not that they need to ask my permission, but I think that <laughs> it's it's warranted and it is deserved that they get the extra time, given everything going on right now in this sort of post uh, transition of pandemic lifestyle, if you will. Things are still not quite where they are, and studios are bogged down, and and post production houses are bogged down. So this is going to happen. We're going to see more and more of this. Well, it's better this than it getting uh, completely canceled, right? You know, like obviously we've got a, a few things uh, to talk about coming up, um, you know, around things that have gotten canceled and, and might be coming back. So um, let's just get into it. Let's get into the news. It's all about the details. All right, our first news story here, uh, Amy Hennig and Skydance New Media creating a new Star Wars game. This comes directly from a post on StarWars.com. It's a Star Wars thing, so we're going to talk about it, everybody. That's the geek-centric podcast way. Um, A new Star Wars adventure is on the way from one of gaming's most acclaimed creators. Skydance New Media today announced a collaboration with Lucasfilm Games to develop and produce a narrative-driven action-adventure game featuring an original story uh, set in the Star Wars galaxy. Helming Skydance New Media is award-winning writer and director Amy Hennig, a game industry legend whose credits include the blockbuster series Legacy of Kane, Jack and Daxter, shout out to Jack and Daxter, and Uncharted. Um, In a quote, I've often described how seeing Star Wars in 1977 essentially rewired my 12-year-old brain, shaping my creative life and future indelibly, said Hennig, president of Skydance New Media. Uh, Continuing, she says, I'm elated to be working with Lucasfilm Games again to uh, to tell interactive stories in this galaxy that I love. Um, another quote here uh, from, uh, I believe it's from Skydance directly, uh, President, sorry, Vice President Douglas Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't be more thrilled working to be working again with Amy. She and the Skydance new media team have the talent and ambition to, and ambition to create a unique Star Wars adventure. Their vision for making narrative-driven and engaging interactive entertainment makes this collaboration very exciting. We're working hard with their team of experienced and talented developers, and we're looking forward to sharing more with Star Wars fans when the time is right. Maybe Star Wars Celebration? Come on. 
fine. Uh, this is the second significant project announced for the game studio, which was formed by Hennig and veteran producer Julian Beek uh, to uh, pioneer a new category of narrative-driven inter- interactive entertainment. In late 2021, the studio announced a partnership with Marvel Entertainment. Uh, this is also another thing that popped up uh, that I think a lot of people missed to craft an all-new game with an original story and their unique take for beloved Marvel characters. Uh, Beak, the executive producer, vice president, and G, uh, and GM uh, for Skydance New Media, says, we look forward to taking fans on an epic journey with the Star Wars action-adventure title. Now, Justin, uh, we were kind of talking a little bit about this off-air. I was kind of talking to you about why Amy Hennig is, is such a huge get for a Star Wars game and kind of a little bit of the past. Um, you know, th- I, th- I feel like this is the world correcting itself. Um, because back in 2017, Project Ragtag, which was led by Hennig, was canceled after EA shut down Visceral Games. And mm-hmm. in this, you know, you, you hear how passionate she's talking about going to the theater and how it rewired her brain. <laughs> um, just how passionate Amy is about Star Wars. For her to be so far on development for Ragtag uh, on what sounded, you know, according to what sounded sources great. said. It, right? It looked incredible. And there's concept art out there that I was sending you. Um, for it just to get canceled, which according to Andrew Wilson, who was CEO of EA at the time, it was because they were, quote unquote, listening to player feedback and following marketplace trends is absolutely ridiculous because you've got somebody who created freaking Uncharted, right? And we're looking at, I, I think... Uh, to be f- to be fair, the only thing I could possibly think of, and I'm not trying to defend EA here, but in 2017 there was this odd little moment of time where uh, the, a lot of game studios were saying people only want multiplayer games. They don't want these big storyline single player games anymore. They want the multiplayer games. Companies want to make a ton of money off Fortnite g- like games, so that's all we want to focus on. And it just sucks because yeah, Ragtag did look so good. Um, so I'm really stoked for this. How much, Justin, do you think of Ragtag? Do you think is going to make it over to this game, or do you think she has the ability to do that? I hope a, a good chunk of it does. Based on the sort of the the outline of what the game was, it, it yeah. fit into the Star Wars universe so well. And if you're going to be playing a Star Wars game, the story of smugglers, if you will, mm-hmm. it seems really intriguing and interesting, especially if if they are trying to do this idea of, of trying to, um, you, you know, you experience each of the characters throughout the game very yeah. much like you would in a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I also read as well about, about Project Ragtag that there was some disagreements about how things were handled in terms of who held the creative ownership. And I know Amy Henning really wanted to hold that creative integrity Mm-hmm. But, you know, that always tends to lend itself to be uh, a negative impact on on the working relationship of collaborations, especially when you're working with someone else's IP. Like, it is Lucasfilm, yeah. it is Star Wars. So whether that's true or not, I, I don't know. But the fact that Lucasfilm is getting behind this, they must yeah. have recognized the potential that that was Project Ragtag. And maybe this is the way that they're going to do that. But from gaming experiences, like having played Marvel, the Marvel Avengers game, mm-hmm. and, you know, you've played... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I haven't played that one, yeah. but this concept of of being able to shift between different characters' point of view in 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 story in game, whether that's in action sequences or not, 
that's still being worked on and refined on 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 a narrative scale right like yeah. it's it, you know the multiplayer concept really comes in when you can be one character i could be another character and we have darcy and kevin playing other characters all from home and we're doing this mission together very yeah. destiny very fortnite yeah. very you know what i mean like there is that there is that opportunity that everyone could potentially play the story mm-hmm. collectively together that makes it really interesting but we know how clunky it is when you're an individual single player shifting between those different characters, how they balance that, like how that gaming experience is. So maybe it wasn't the time then to bring Project Ragtag, and maybe it is now with with what has been learned and what has been tried, because uh, we still haven't even gotten Suicide Squad, which is, again, another, we, we assume is another idea. format. Yeah. yeah. And Gotham Knights is supposed to come out as well. Yeah. Um, I, I just, right? I, for, for me, the, 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 um, you know, traversal as a group or when you are a single player switching between the characters thing in in action, I, I don't know if it works as well. The way that I was sort of reading a lot of what they were talking about with with Ragtag was the idea that you would you would just shift from from uh, story or line to storyline or narrative to narrative between the characters. Very similar to if you ever played like uh, GTA, right, where you do have the opportunity to sort of you know, fly up in the map and then switch to a different character who's following their own story arc. Um, I I could really see that working really well for a Star Wars style story. That makes sense, yeah. I, I just got like again looking at all the concept art and seeing some of the the imagery from the game. Dude, if it it reminded me a lot of like um you know like the moments in, in solo where where we do kind of get this sort of like heist moments like mm-hmm. the, the like the good parts of solo the only good parts though that really reminded me of what we could get in this game i think it would be really really cool uh to see that and i i just i'm really i will say i'm really i'm really i'm really happy for her like i'm really happy that she's yeah. getting the ability to make her star wars game um and the fact that it's it's she's working with lucasfilm i mean i've heard stories that lucasfilm is very um yes they're particular about what you can do with the Star Wars universe at a certain time or what you can, you know, they've got their sort of um, all in canon encompassing, you know, uh, concepts and, and what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. But it, I've heard a lot of really good things of them giving a lot of um, leeway to creators to make sure that, hey, you know what? You make the game you want to make. We're going to stand by you. And yeah. if, if this is going to be, you know, um, an uncharted heist style action game set in the star wars universe come on i'm in let's go yeah that description alone just makes it work but i think this is the perfect time to be working with lucasfilm i think back then when you know what year were they did they initially start working on project it was like 2013 or something like that right so you know they were i i think amidst the the sort of acquisition right if you will Mm -hmm. They're still figuring it out, obviously, with Star Wars under and Lucasfilm and, and what they're doing with that property, Disney as a whole. Yeah. But if things that are now set set up for success, they can approach these new endeavors with the opportunity of working with creators who are passionate, mm-hmm. right? Like Amy Heading it seems to be about Star Wars to help tell those stories, right? That is, in a way, how you adopt the Marvel mind frame in Lucasfilm is is trusting the creators to do their best work while yeah. you as Lucasfilm who are the owner and and proprietor of of the uh, property and of the IP itself you can ensure as a consultant that that's being represented and being handled 
in its best way, but you're still giving that leeway to those creators. So, you know, Star Wars would benefit from having a game experience that's that's like this. That's not necessarily so singular Jedi Sith Lord focus. Something that yeah. is very much a, about the sort of the characters within the galaxy. Very much what we're seeing in in live action TV as it takes on with you know the Mandalorian and exploring that side. Right, we're not sticking with Jedi's and Sith Lords. Right, we're yeah. seeing them, but they're they're not necessarily the focus. The the, the, the regular people of of the galaxy who are trying to make ends meet. Those are the people that our stories are being told. So I think this is very fitting that if they were to bring something like Project Ragtag or at least an idea that I think it's going to be branched off of, right? Because there's mm-hmm. been so many technical, technological advancements between 2013 and now. Oh, yeah. And game gameplay experiences, maybe refinement of the narrative and missions and stuff like that. I think I think this is you know this 2.0 version that we may get of Project Ragtag is going yeah. to be the best version. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a it's going to be a nine or a ten. I honestly I can't see with Amy Hennig. It's Star Wars, Lucasfilm. You put all that into a pot. I don't see it being anything less than a nine. Honestly, I think sure. it's be fantastic. Sure. Um, but you know, keeping in in line with with the aspect of video games and video game news. Uh, story number two here, Jason Momoa to star in Minecraft movie for Warner Bros. I'm surprised they didn't, you know, get your tall blocky ass in there. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) this is in a report from Aaron Couch from The Hollywood Reporter. Aquaman and Dune star Jason Momoa is lining up yet another tentpole with Warner Bros. Uh, The actor is in final negotiations to star in the studio's live-action Minecraft movie. The Hollywood Reporter has confirmed. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite filmmaker Jared Hess will direct the project based on the popular video game dune producer mary parent and roy lee will produce that's cool uh with jill messick receiving a posthumous produ- uh, producing credit for developing uh for developing on the film before her death in 2018 uh, executive producers include john berg kale boiter and john spades spades Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, The video game hails from Sweden's Mojang Studios with Mojang's Lydia Winters and Vue Bui uh, also producing the film. Minecraft, which debuted in 2011, allows players to use blocks to create structures and worlds, uh, and the game became a sensation, reaching 100 million users just a few years after launch. Uh, And then Minecraft, uh, sorry, Microsoft acquired Mojang for $2.5 billion back in 2014. Warner uh, has been developing a project based on the game for many years now with Sean Levy uh, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia star Rob McElhaney among those who have been attached to direct uh, gaming movies have been on a hot streak in recent year uh, in recent years with 20th century launching uh, a hit franchise with Ryan Reynolds free guy is that a franchise though whatever um, and Paramount finding success with Sonic sequel uh, earlier this month so Justin biggest questions here um, are you excited for a Minecraft movie starring Jason Momoa and what what how did how does this even work? Is it animated? Is it live action? What are we going to do? I, I really don't know. I think the <laughs> only part that really intrigues me is the fact that uh, Jared Hess is yeah. is behind this project as, as a director. Uh, you know, having Sean Levy and, and obviously Rob McElhenney, that's also very interesting. Yeah. I, I don't really know. Like, I, I never really caught on to the Minecraft craze i know it's really really for kids mm-hmm. um but I, I i think this is a a banger of a property that will do really well 
Oh yeah. Um, if if it's if it's handled properly, but again, I don't even know what that means. What right. what does a a well handled my, Minecraft movie look like? <laughs> I, I I do I do trust who's who's involved though, because again, Jared yeah. Hess, Napoleon Dynamite, yeah. Nacho Libre. He's done other things, but those movies I, are are I guess, probably some oh, of my favorites. So <laughs> I agree with you. I think the yeah. weird part for me though is Jared Hess. Like, if he brings the Napoleon Dynamite, Nacho Libre charm into a, a Jason Momoa led Minecraft movie that sounds exciting for like you and me I just don't know if the demographic for Minecraft and Napoleon as sad as I am to say it I know it ages us but Napoleon Dynamite and Minecraft's demographic I don't feel like they overlap that well so I don't know if he is going to you know approach Maybe, it from like uh, I don't know yeah with Sean Levy attached you can't help but think about free guy right and now mm-hmm. if you take the concept of free guy in terms of the narrative elements and, and the character sort of a journey, if you will, throughout that movie, and you mm-hmm. applied it with the Minecraft skin over top, it could yeah. work. It yeah. could totally work, right? So it could it could be that. But you know they're not necessarily going to go that exact route. I bet you that they're going to take that formula of that character and implement the world elements of Minecraft. Sure. But trying to help tell a story it'll be interesting if they if they stick strictly within the minecraft world or much very much like free guy they live in the game and outside of the game mm. right so okay. it's it's you know what i mean like yeah the game kind of becomes like this experience of maybe like jumanji where right you know what i mean like, yeah they go into the game yeah right just, like I, they you know you know i don't know it's it, that's the only way they can do live action though right like i i just feel like if you're bringing in jason momoa you know are you just bringing him in for his voice right like are you gonna go the the animated route because i just i'm trying to picture live action minecraft and i don't i can't see it but you can't you can't i don't think minecraft really lends itself to the live action format uh as well as maybe mm-hmm. other games um, I think when you think of Minecraft, it it has to be animated and digital, yeah. right? Like like how they're doing Mario. They're not right. doing live action Mario with right. people. You know, they're going the animated route. So, what does Jason Momoa's character look like in that world? Is he a voice character or is he a live action character? Because you're right, having yeah. someone like him, just to have him, not as a voice actor. But just to have him, he sells. Right. I feel like he himself physically is worth more as an actor than he is as a voice actor. Yeah. So it's huge. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. But again, I, I trust that whatever product we get, it'll be good because of who's behind it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Right. Maybe. Maybe I'm putting my putting putting too much too much faith in in those creators. But you know, Sean Levy did a pretty good job with with Free Guy. He did a pretty good job with with the Adam Project. So yeah. you know what I mean. If he's not directing this one, obviously, but he's he's helping get the story uh, to a place that that makes sense as a producer, kind of bringing it to life. I think that should be good. I think it should be good. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We'll see. If, I'm interested if they... to see a trailer. That's for sure. Sure. We're we're a little I think we're a little ways out, but uh, you know if it is animated, who knows if it'll show up on um, Netflix? Um, Netflix is <laughs> well, let's talk about <laughs> it. They're 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 doing some uh, interesting things. Let's get to story number three. Netflix is slashing animation amid subscriber drops. Uh, this news brought to us by Ryan Leston at IGN, who reports it looks as though Netflix is cutting loose its animated 
projects. After highly publicized subscriber losses, Netflix is putting the brakes on its animation efforts, firing executives and canceling several several highly anticipated shows. According to the Wrap, Netflix directors uh, sorry Netflix's director of creative leadership and development for original animation Phil Rinda. Uh, was let go this week along with several of his staff. Not only that, but have sorry, not only that, but several high profile animated series have now been canceled. Uh, this includes the long awaited adaptation of Bone, the critically acclaimed comic from Jeff Smith. Additionally, an animated adaptation of Road Dolls The Twits has been canceled, although the project will reportedly live on as a feature film. Lauren Faust's Toil and Trouble was also canceled. And these cancellations come amid rumors of a changing. Uh, direction at Netflix Animation. Uh, quote, we want to be the home of everybody's favorite show, Rinda originally told creators. But this mantra was replaced recently by, quote, we want to make what our audience wants to see from Netflix co-CEO Reed Hastings. Conversely, Boss Baby is touted as the pinnacle of how animation should perform on Netflix, despite the fact that the animated series isn't even owned uh, by Netflix at all. It's licensed from DreamWorks. When it comes to cancellations or the threat of them, several creators, including City of Ghosts director Elizabeth Ito, have complained of Netflix using stage data to make their point, using manipulated data to justify lack of funding or cancellation despite critical acclaim for projects. Equally frustrating for creators has been Netflix's marketing protocols, promotion typically doesn't begin until one month before release, and sometimes the title itself isn't even announced before then. Uh, This leaves a very small window to generate hype for projects, which is especially difficult for smaller animated projects, which rely on creators generating hype themselves via social media. Netflix Animation has been sidelined on on its official shop uh, as well, with not a single item from a kids and family animated project. Centaur World executive producer Dominic Bissett Signano said that Netflix is proud of its data. Uh, and I don't think he said it in a, a good way. <laughs> uh, and that seems to be where many of the problems lie. Bisignano claims that this approach brings up a lot of questions. And after offering the streamer more episodes than originally planned, he was presented with data that not only, uh, you know, not sorry, that not given any context as to what it actually meant. Um, Bisignano asked more questions, but wasn't given any answers and is now at Cartoon Network. There you go. Uh, what happens with Netflix animation remains to be seen uh, from a studio as a whole but it's not looking good so Justin obviously this is super frustrating you know with subscriber losses um, in a quarter for the first time in over a decade uh, they've lost 200,000 subscribers in Q1 they're predicting that they're going to lose 2 million more in Q2 and their solution is to kill off these animation projects I mean honestly it's it's a it seems like a big you know slap in the face for animation and it just kind of adds to the already degrading perception that's been coming up you know especially recently at the oscars that animation is kind of second rate uh, what do you think about these decisions that uh that netflix is making here well the sentiment that netflix is proud of their data is very true that is how we get series and that's how series get canceled yeah let's take into consideration cowboy bebop Oh, no, yeah. it didn't. It didn't perform well for them, and they had a knee-jerk reaction, and they canceled it. Yeah. Um. And and this is to be expected. This is the sort of knee-jerk reaction that they're going to to these the the loss of subscribers and the strategy of content. 
because that is that is how content is released. It is it is released on strategy, um, but because they're Netflix and you know they have some of the highest highest amount of, of subscribers and they're producing content. Um, it's just, it, it, it's, they, they're, they're proud of that data. It doesn't make sense though. It, it no. doesn't make sense. It doesn't justify the, the reality of, of what they're doing. It makes it easier for them to make those calls though, because sure. there's a finite number that says for them at least, or numbers that say this is not performing well, so we can cut our losses and, and move on. Um, that being said, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't justify doesn't justify uh the way they're i was very excited to to see this bone series and the fact that they're cutting it is is it's unfortunate because i I, I enjoyed the comic growing up it was it was so good and i hope i do hope that bone finds another streaming platform to to jump onto i'm wondering what this means for something like cuphead you know what i mean like i'm not sure if cuphead necessarily performed the way that they they might have wanted it to um the thing is is we watch cuphead I saw right. Cuphead as a thumbnail, not as a big banner, but as a thumbnail for half a second on Netflix. And guess what? The next day, I didn't see Cuphead at all ever again, anywhere near there. And it's it's just it's one of those things where it's just extremely frustrating because you're you're looking at these smaller projects and it's just they have so much stuff on Netflix. It's it's just there's too much. There's too much there. And and they're they're the way that they organize it is just completely insane. There's there's no rhyme or reason to it. And if they're not going to give these smaller projects any sort of like respect or 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 you know push and it's their project like it's a Netflix thing. I'm not talking about them bringing on stuff from like a third party and and sort of shuffling it to the side and saying yeah we put it on our platform. This is a Netflix animated thing. Why isn't it at the forefront and why is this your first thought here instead of you know instead of like saying okay we're going to crack down on password sharing like frick man like like t- take care of your creators and they're going to want to work with you this is just going to push people to cartoon network into all these other places yeah but the, i think the, the the biggest point of the article that that it really does highlight is their strategy in, in terms of what kind of content to deliver but their strategy also has holes in it in that they're not they're not marketing these things they're relying on the creators and and them to kind of push their content to get people's eyes there and you know they're just doing the work a month out because of, to your point they have so much content there's so much on the they regular have to, they just got to put it out there they're like there's, a funnel <laughs> like it doesn't yeah, stop but that's that's but like that's to be expected again there's there's so many different things to be attributed that that i believe in another article i was reading that netflix knows you know covid has ramped up the the accessibility and the need for content on a streaming platform we also sure. have more choices we have way more choices so they know that the number of subscribers were obviously going to decline at some point right they knew that but Mm -hmm. the whole password sharing thing is just a way to try to figure out how they can monetize which is also a bad bad strategy right like they should just be figuring out how they could make their projects live longer and get the promotional backing out earlier rather than later right? Mm-hmm. To kind of get the hype, you know, like you, you do uh, an event like the dumb event and yeah. you're supposed to showcase all these things. And in some cases it's, it's, it's nice to see it, but there's nothing until a month before that project is going to hit the platform that's being shared. So yeah. there is a disconnect here. There's other things that can be evaluated rather than going and trying to attack a, your, 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 your customers 
by gouging mm-hmm. them for for more money and b slashing something that i think rightly so helps define netflix as yeah. one of the platforms that does both the live action but the animated you you know you called it out too like what does this mean for um arcane in season two yeah right which which isn't it isn't netflix animation but perfect okay right which is good i know we're all like oh breathe a sigh of relief there um so they're they're still going to be bringing in they're going to be bringing in these third party as you pointed out but what they're reevaluating is what kind of content are they producing uh, as an, a Netflix animation studio, correct. That it's early days for them. They're going to want to figure this out. I just don't think that it's a personal attack. I think there's going to be more cuts to like some of the live action stuff that we might be seeing. Right. Yeah, I mean, but um, it's like how many, how many, this is how many cake boss shows or this is cake or whatever the show is. Like, those those show no for sure. But that's what people need? may want. But we that's need nine what of them, though, want. Justin. We don't need we nine, don't need different nine ones. of them. I def- I definitely agree with you. But if yeah. people are watching that, then that is entirely why there's nine of them, and the numbers show that. Yeah. And being a business that evaluates based on numbers is crucial. They value the numbers over the content because the content can come and go. It's always coming, man. Netflix is always working on something. So I'm just glad that nothing that's currently in production is being canceled and being abandoned. It sounds like a lot of what this what they had canceled was was the stuff in that was pre- about to be produced pre-production stuff. Yeah, yeah. right, was yeah, in pre-production and and ideation. It's not things that like, hey, okay, we're just going to pull back, right? Mm-hmm. Like Rebel Moon is Zack Snyder's live action movie, his version yeah. of Star Wars that he's doing for Netflix. Sure. There's a lot of hype around that. They know where to put their dollars. They're they're trying to get smarter about it. They need to loosen up and they need to start putting more movies in theaters to really build mm-hmm. the hype. For I, also pro- think, content. I also think uh, just even the release strategy, we were talking about the idea of binge, bingeable or not bingeable, binging things or not lose binging binge. things. Lose the binge. Yeah. I think I think they need to lose look the at binge. What, look I, at I Disney totally Plus, agree. right? Look at Disney Plus and their eventized every Wednesday, every Friday situation that they've got going on there. That's perfect. Just do that. Do that. They have Marvel. That, okay. That's that's the uh, yeah. hype. That's the pull. But right? if Stranger Things- like, what are you going to do? Str- Stranger, Stranger Things, things 100%. It's going to pop uh, I, I for, for a day. And then right. it's no one's going to talk about it after. I promise. No, it's going to pop for the, for the weekend and sure, and that's okay, it, a weekend right? and that's it. So. But then, but nobody, but but if you did, if you could string this along for episode by episode each week, and then you put a like that's huge. Personally, I think they need to abandon the binge mentality. I think some of it could work for the cake shows, the reality TV shows that sure people love. Whatever, Let, you, that's bingeable. Just post all those episodes, boom. But yeah. for these more higher tier series. Even their docu series stuff. Yeah, they, yeah. They should go week by week. I think they should look at those numbers to see how that performs. Right. Yeah. To understand how that would work. Yeah, man. I I just don't think the idea of like cracking down on password sharing that you're investing money in that and you're saying you're taking away money from these incredible creators. Just if somebody's not paying now for Netflix, if they're finding, if they're working with their family and friends to get their passwords, they're not gonna. They're not going to continue to... They're not going to be like, oh, shoot, we can't share passwords anymore. I'm going to get to... No, they're just going to not watch Netflix. They're going to go to all the other things that they can share passwords with. So That's exactly it. it you're yeah. just... You're closing a door. So you're, you're taking away from creators, and then you're going to go back, back and try to gouge the customers. I just don't understand if that's the proper strategy to be handling it. Like, yeah. there's another way here at Netflix. I think they can they can kind of be creative about how, how they could do that. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I've... I love a lot of their original content. I just think the way that they're releasing it and the way that they're 
they're they're they're just not really showing enough respect to even their biggest stuff is really uh upsetting um but you know who did get some respect you know who's been getting respect a lovely bloke named andy circus uh, <laughs> who is finally making his Animal Farm adaptation, story number four here. This is brought to us by James White from Empire Online. Uh, with his work for, on Venom, Let There Be Carnage, uh, and recent acting gigs in the likes of Bat of the Batman uh, in the can, Andy Circus has carved out the time he needs and found the support required to finally kick off directing a long gestating project, Animal Farm. George Orwell's 1945 allegorical novella, I don't know why I said it with <laughs> Italian, novella, novella uh, <laughs> drew from the Russian Revolution of 1917 uh, and Stalinist re- and the Stalinist regime. Uh, it involves a group of animals who rebel against the humans uh, who own their own farm uh, and win their independence. Though the architects of the revolution create a utopian environment based on equality, uh, a pig named Napoleon twists the original intent, slowly eliminates his rivals, and enacts seven commandments, the most basic of which declares that all animals are created equal, but some animals are created uh, more equal than others. <laughs> okay. Uh, Orwell's tome has been adapted at least three times for the screen, but Circus, who has been aiming to get this one made since 2012, believes he's found a new way into it. Quote, We're keeping it fabulistic and aimed at a family audience. We are not going to handle the politics in a heavy-handed fashion, uh, he told The Hollywood Reporter back then. Continuing, he said, it, it is going to be emotionally centered in a way that I don't think has been seen before. The point of view that we take will be slightly different to how it is normally portrayed, uh, and the characters were examining this in a new light. Um, said, the, Oh, sorry, said the Muppets' Nicholas Stoller, uh, who wrote the script. Uh, it was bought by Netflix in 2018, uh, but there has been little news of it since, uh, and the streaming service is not mentioning, sorry, has not mentioned it in a new statement. Instead, this will be a co-production of Circus's Imaginarium company, Toon Team Anaventure, and animation VFX experts Cinesite. Um, quote, the challenging journey to bring this extraordinary story to the screen has been finally rewarded by the opportunity to partner with the brilliant team of at an adventure and Cinesite circus says together. We hope to make our version of Orwell's ever relevant masterpiece, emotionally powerful, humorous, and relatable for all ages, uh, a tale, not only for our times, but for generations to come. So Justin, based off this description, are you excited for an Animal Farm movie? This article is absolutely right. I remember hearing about Andy Serkis wanting to do this movie for for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am glad to see that it's it's you know as a passion project, it's still been going, and you know, ten years later, it looks like it's it's making some some moves, if you will, and and we can we'll get to see it. Um, it would be interesting to see. Uh, I, I I have only seen an animated version of it. Uh, it was in high school after we had read the book. And God, I, I can't remember that book. That is a book that I have just <laughs> pushed out. But I, I understood the idea of, of the sort of allegorical satirical quality right uh right that's that was what we were meant to kind of take away from from this and and how it really was speaking to again politics of of you know 1917 stalinism and and which would inevitably be communism and you know evolve into that so we're in a very interesting 
point in in society with a lot of political yeah uh divisiveness that that happens so i feel like this could definitely hit if it is done properly i'm interested to see how he's gonna still make it like a family story that's the weird part for me dude that's the weird part because i feel like as a like the original concept could be so much better adapted into like a more adult focus story like you could you you know what keep it animated uh, but but to make it friendly uh, family friendly it just doesn't jive with me from what i imagine and keep in mind i've never read nor watched a single thing with animal farm you want something really weird actually justin i thought of the idea for animal farm prior to knowing what animal farm was <laughs> like <laughs> i was at, i was at work and we were like it was not busy and i was just like you know, it'd be really like a really cool like series or something like a movie about or like a series about like animals who kind of make all the same. They take over the world and they make all the same mistakes that humans do, even though they say they won't. And somebody's mm-hmm. like, oh, Animal Farm. And I was like, oh, there's no original ideas in this world. <laughs> that doesn't exist. <laughs> um, but um, but, you know, I think based off the original idea, I think I just think it would be better if it was for. For adults, I don't know. I think yeah, it, like it do doesn't. It. But I don't know if you want to do like murderous animals that are killing the you know killing make it, humans. Get a two four on the horror. line, Justin. Get yeah, a two they, four on the they line. Would be behind <laughs> something go. like that. Uh, maybe even neon. But uh, yeah. I feel like it, it'll. We'll have to wait and see what it's all about. But sure. if they can do it, I'm I'm open to that. I I do think that one of the biggest things about about Animal Farm is that political narrative that's tied to it yeah it'll be interesting to see how he can make it relevant while also making it something that is for all audiences that doesn't feel like it's only speaking to adults like you could take your kids to see this right understand the subtext because you've you know read the book or seen another movie sure and the kids might be able to take something else from it do you know what i mean like having yeah. the balance of uh, a movie that is for everyone interesting it'll just be i just think it'll be really interesting to see if the the original moral or the original intent of that story comes across when it's, you know, goofy pigs farting, <laughs> farting around or something. You know what I mean, right? So yeah. we'll have to wait and see. I, I listen. I, I have a lot of um, trust in in animation. It's just the aspect of it being a family film that sort Netflix of Netflix doesn't freak out. Uh-huh. No, again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but you know what? We've got some uh, some stuff to talk about in relation to. Uh, to Netflix coming up and animation uh, in uh, maybe a, a trailer. Should we do we, You want to get the band? Kevin, get the banjo. It's trailer time. All right. Our first trailer is for Night Sky from series showrunner Daniel C. Connolly. Uh, the description as follows. Irene and Franklin York have kept a secret. Uh, sorry, have kept secret a chamber that leads to a deserted planet. But the arrival of an enigmatic young man upends their quiet existence. This is starring Sissy Spacek, Chai Hansen, Adam Bartley, and J.K. Simmons. Which, by the way, have I just been pronouncing J.K. Simmons with a D my entire life? And it's it, no. there's no D in his name. Did you know that? No. It's crazy. No. Yeah, I knew that. Simmons. Uh, <laughs> this is yeah. streaming exclusively on Prime Video starting May 20th. Justin, what did you think of the trailer for Night Sky? That's a interesting trailer. It kind of gives me like Arrival vibes, um, yeah. By uh, Denise Villeneuve. It's it's definitely going much deeper with this, in that it's you're experiencing a whole other planet and there's interaction. And based on the trailer, it seems as though it's it's been something that 
they've been in possession, if you will, for that they've for had a long for time. quite some time. So um, Amazon is really pushing sci-fi. Yeah. With their content, you know, watching Outer Range right now. Oh yeah. Um, and and it's it's also very sci-fi esque, if you will. Yeah, I I do love uh, I love J.K. Simmons so much. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Originally, it was Ed O'Neill that was supposed to play Franklin, which would have been interesting. But um, Sissy Spacek, I've I've not really seen in too much, but I've heard amazing things about. Um, it it reminded I got a lot of vibes of like like Pixar's Up <laughs> meets The Hatch Wally. from Lost, uh, almost. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like that's like they're going to be spending a lot of time in this like this bunker thing that they they go into space it looks it looks like it's going to make me cry justin like i really anything to do with like old people that love each other <laughs> i don't know why I'm, it always just hits me like it, you see the like the old couple holding hands in the mall and i'm like that's so beautiful <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's uh it's kind of funny that we're getting this trailer um the same week as the new lightyear trailer which we're about to talk about the show was originally called lightyears uh, which I think would have been pretty That's fitting, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, this looks this looks lovely. I don't know. I I, I think uh, I think I'm I'm gonna check it out and um, yeah, I'm, if, I I might know. check it out. I might check yeah. out the first episode, but like, yeah, and then if it hooks you, and then but it, that's the point of these shows, right? They do the thing where it's like they leave you with that cliffhanger. Right. Maybe two episodes in, I'll decide if it's worth. Well, no, for sure. I, I I definitely think you need to give give a show its 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 time to to kind of sink in, if you will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's also really interesting though that this is this trailer came out now, and I think it's only a month away or less than a month away yeah. until it releases. And it's, you know, again, haven't seen anything, haven't heard anything about it, but there's a trailer. I'm wondering if these like straight to streaming platforms have a strategy of rather than kind of doing the long, the long con on terms of like marketing, they just do the short sort of con saying, oh yeah, and like less than a month, this is going to be up so that you can watch. I guess. Um, Right? I guess that's, that's what it is. It's just strange though, because I don't know, like, I feel like they gave too much away. Uh, oh, yeah. but there is still some mystery in the, in the sense of, of, you know, how it, how it all kind of fits in. Right. Who's this guy? Um, who's this guy? Who's this how guy? do they have access? How do they have access to this sort of like temporal place where they can experience another planet? Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It, it, it'll be, it, there is still enough of a hook though, but I feel like they do get kind of give a lot away. Well, if they partner with, uh, it'd be cool if they partner with like meta, and then they do like a VR experience where you could just go there and sit there, like, dude. Yeah, no, yeah, um, be, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, speaking of the show being called Light Years, let's talk about this next trailer here for Lightyear. Uh, this is the second trailer that we got. Of course, Lightyear is, uh, as we know, is directed by Angus McLean. Um, Storyline, the definitive origin story of Buzz Lightyear, the hero who inspired the toy. Lightyear follows the legendary space ranger after he is marooned on a hostile planet 4.2 million light years from Earth alongside his commander and their crew. Uh, as Buzz tries to find a way back home through space and time, he is joined by a group of ambitious recruits and his charming robot companion cat, Socks. Complicating matters and threatening the mission is the arrival of Zerg, an imposing presence with an army of ruthless robots and a mysterious agenda. 
Uh, this is starring Chris Evans, Kiki Palmer, Dale Sewell's Taika Waititi, Peter Sohn, Uzo Aduba, and James Bro sorry James Brolin, Efren Ramirez, Mary McDonald Lewis, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. And this is streaming exclusively in theaters and in <laughs> IMAX, dude. Uh, yeah, they June did. Yeah, seventeenth. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What did you think of this yeah. trailer? And what do you think about IMAX, man? So yeah, I saw that and I was like, "What? That I didn't know that, right?" And then yeah. I saw an article shortly after saying that Pixar worked with IMAX to create like digital IMAX cameras, so, so that it could actually. Feel, I I want to see this movie in IMAX now, though, for sure, yeah. right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, if if especially if it is like full IMAX experience. Um, but I, I'm so happy that we got a little bit more of a outline of what this story is going to kind of be and seeing some of the players that are, are in I'm so, I'm so glad we got to finally see Taika Waititi's character oh, hearing him he's hearing just... him I was like let's go <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just funny because Taika Waititi now is just be, he's just himself do you know what I mean like he, yeah, he comes in that's and all he, brings, he has to be right and he just he just dresses the character as, as a slight variation of of himself yeah and to your point it's it, it's just such a charming voice to hear that it's 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 it makes you excited right so it, it's cool it's cool to hear his voice but i love the sort of uh to reference another uh story that we were talking about the ragtag group yeah. of of individuals crew. In this. and the fact that they're time traveling like that's awesome like yeah. that kind of confirmed for a lot of people what their suspicions were based on some of the visuals that we had already seen that mm -hmm. time travel was going to kind of uh, play a factor. I'm I'm hooked, man. I I can't wait to see this movie. I'm I'm so excited, dude. I love I love hearing more Chris Evans' voice as Buzz. I think he's nailing the voice, <laughs> the narration perfectly, <laughs> dude. When he goes when when he when he's talking to it, he's like, "Come in, Star Command. Why aren't they answering?" Like the throwback <laughs> to that line was just so good. <laughs> or uh, oh just even gosh. the idea when he gets called out for narrating, and then yeah. he's just like, "Narrating allows you to stay focused," and it's just <laughs> it's so true. That's how Buzz's character was. Yeah. It, it kind of justifies why the toy was so much like that yeah. you know in that it obviously plays up a lot of the star trek elements but the idea that narration is just so inherently key to the live action character as much as it is the toy that's that's just a nice charming little uh easter egg if you will totally they, they implement yeah and you know pixar has gone to space before with with uh with wally -E, wally -E, yeah. this is the first time where it feels like they're really exploring um, the aspect of of like real sci-fi, right? Like we're getting oh, yeah. we're getting Star Wars stuff. We've got his cat is basically the droid companion for the movie, right? And so I'm I, I just visually it looks so stunning. It's um, crazy, yeah, dude. The the the, the shallow depth of field um, that's in the movie again. We're talking about the fact that they're using these these IMAX cameras. Um, I think that was comicbook.com that that you were reading that uh, Jane Yen is the visual uh, effects supervisor talking about the fact that, yeah, virtual IMAX camera, uh, one, 1.43 by one aspect ratio. It's just Damn. so cool. Like it just shows again, like a why you know, animation is just going to keep getting better and better and better, especially with Pixar behind it. And it's just cool that this is, this is shaping up not only to be a love letter to toy story fans, but a love letter to sci-fi, right? Yeah, like it's, it's Pixar's interstellar. Like, yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah, it's their it's their Interstellar, it's their Alien, like it's the their Star Wars of e Alien. I wonder if it's less like sort of Star Wars. Like again, Star Wars is more sci-fi fantasy. Okay, like, I feel like this is like you know 2001: Space Odyssey. Yeah, you know, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, Interstellar. Yeah. You know, gravity even to a certain degree with, sure. with just the idea of lost in space, lost in space. You yeah. know what I mean? Like just oh, yeah. even Star Trek. Whereas like 
you know, those are so sci-fi in, right. in what they do. So this is going to be a sci-fi ass movie that's Dude. going to celebrate it in, in animated. And the fact that they're doing IMAX, like that's like, that's, that's the icing on the cake for this, for this whole thing. So, so yeah, I can't wait to get IMAX tickets to see this movie. It's going <sighs> to be, it's going to be awesome. It looks so good. It might be one that I need to book a flight for and come see it with you just so we can hold <laughs> each other the entire time. Um, but speaking of more incredible, uh, fantastic, you know, I think, genre pushing forward animation uh we got the next trailer for uh or the the first trailer for love death and robots volume three this kind of came out Mm. of nowhere uh this is from creator tim miller who directed deadpool uh and executive producer david fincher uh, this is a collection of animated shorts spanning several genres, including sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comedy. World-class animation creators bring captivating stories to life in the form of unique and visceral viewing experiences. The animated anthology series includes tales that explore alternate histories, life for robots in a post-apocalyptic city, and a plot for world domination by super-intelligent Yogurt. Um, nothing has been really announced in terms of some of the intelli- you know, uh, incredible cast that I'm sure we're going to get in Volume 3, but yeah. previous uh, members of the cast have included such notable names as Topher Grace, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Nolan North, speaking of uh, Uncharted, uh, Samira Wiley, Yuri Lowenthal, who you might know from the voice of Spider-Man in, in Insomniac Spider-Man, uh, Chris Parnell, and Michael B. Jordan. Uh, this is going to be extreming soon. I like how that they said that in the trailer streaming soon on may 20th on netflix justin what are you thinking of uh what do you think of uh love death and robots volume three well in regards to this trailer you know and in regards to what we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. you know the way this trailer starts by acknowledging the emmys that the crown has won and the emmys that the Queen's Gambit one, <laughs> yeah. and then they shift to the awards that Love, Death, and Robots yeah. has been celebrated with eleven Emmys as well. It just felt like a bit of a um, a reminder to the audience that they're not they're not giving up on animation entirely. They're just you know they're they're just pointing it in a different direction, right. if you will. Um, that being said, this series has has been long praised for its sort of futuristic Black Mirror esque. Uh, anthology style narrative that that you know again brings on such a, a, a diverse cast to help tell its stories and the stories are so diverse the animation and the look and feel of each of the Dude. stories Have I you, haven't watched, you watched it. I haven't them? watched it no oh. I haven't watched any of it yet um, and I, I definitely should and it's been one that is on my list of things to watch yeah. and now with with I think part of the reason why I didn't watch is because now knowing that three is around the corner. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely be checking them out prior to hopefully us reviewing it. Um, totally, I, I hope is, I hope we get is, it. Yeah, because yeah, it would be it would be great to to talk about this this series because I do like anthology. I do know that I I think this would definitely hook me. Uh, you know, as soon as I I start watching the first few few episodes, I think I'll be really into it. Dude, they're incredible. It's just, it's one of those There's shows. There's just so that, much like, shit to watch, man. No, so I much hear content. you, but I'm <laughs> telling you, these episodes are like eight minutes long sometimes, sometimes 12 minutes. Like the, yeah, the cool thing short. with this is, yeah. the, well, they do the, they do these, these stories where by the end of it, you, you are satisfied with what you've gotten, but you're also like, kind of like what we talked about with like Star Wars Visions in some of those episodes, right? Where you're like, I could, I could watch more from that world. I could see more from that world. That's right? cool. That's um, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's 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 it looks really good. I thought this trailer. I was a little weirded out at first by like, why are they showing me the Queen's Gambit right now? Why are they showing the the, you know, the crown? Like, why why are we seeing this? I don't know. It felt a little strange. It just feels like again. It just the only reason you would put that in there is if not to only remind people that that those shows can be celebrated and and be awarded. So can something like this, right? Yeah. Which is animation. I think they realize that that story was going to hit the internet and i think maybe this trailer was a little bit of a reaction it does feel very tacked on like it, it does, does feel right? like it's something that that was like added on yeah. um, as like a, a pre-roll to the original trailer i don't know yeah. I, I i was a little freaked out but but then dude when it does the glitch thing and then it slaps right and it just takes vivaldi's winter and just puts this huge like like gut-wrenching dubstep track I am. I was just like this. Okay, this part of the trailer, dope. Like whoever edited this is so good. Um, just some of the most talented people involved, and and the first two volumes are just so good. I I keep going back to them and just rewatching a lot of them. Um, just every now and then I'll find myself like I gotta rewatch that episode because it's so good. Um, but yeah, dude, I I'm super stoked. We get a bunch of different art styles. I'm interested to see if this is gonna be longer than volume two or not because volume one was just such a, a treat. Um, but maybe we were a little bit spoiled because then volume two comes out and it's like only, I think it's only like eight episodes, but um, we'll have to wait and see that again. That's going to be extreming on May 20th. And hopefully we will have some, uh, some coverage on that's, that as well. That's, that's again, less than 30 days away. Yeah. Right. Right. So, right. <laughs> it's, Why didn't it's you just, tell us earlier? <laughs> but well, yeah, but it's also like, again, like, is this a strategy of streaming platforms, right? Like to kind of, push the marketing closer to the launch date rather than movies because they're not in theaters, right? Justin, as a fan, but as a fan of love, death and robots myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it, is it fun and exciting to see, Whoa, volume three. Oh, and it comes out May 20 in like less than a month. Awesome. Like, yeah, that's fun and exciting for me. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many people have never heard anything about love, death and robots and still won't because there's no, there's no pomp and circumstance mm -hmm. behind the, there's there's no lead up. Yeah, I think advertising these things a little bit earlier would be beneficial. It could create more exposure, could get more people uh, to be aware of, of what Love, Death and Robots is. But, you know, again, I, I think for the fans that appreciate and love this series, they're going to they're going to really love what's coming up. And the trailer does a really good job capturing that. It's phenomenal. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but let's get to our final trailer here. Uh, Monstrous. Uh, Monstrous, uh, which is going to be from uh, directed by Chris Sivertson. Um, description is a traumatized woman flees from her abusive ex-husband with her seven-year-old son. In their new remote sanctuary, they find they have a bigger, more terrifying monster to deal with. Uh, this is starring Christina Ricci, Santino Barnard, uh, Don Durrell, Colleen Camp, Lou Temple, and Carol, Carol Ann Watts. Uh, and it's going to be in theaters and on demand on the same day on May 13th. Uh, Justin, what did you think of Monstrous? Yeah, this this I got some WandaVision vibes right off the right? bat. Yeah. Just because I guess it's the sort of old-fashioned 1960s, vibes. yeah. So I was wondering if, again, they're playing with this sort of psychosis, like this idea that it's in her mind. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking too. I, it's it, but it it kind of it does really again this this trailer feels like it it's kind of given a lot away but even to the point of of actually showing you whatever the, the hell that that cheesy monster thing <laughs> it was doesn't in look the end. good 
I don't know. I think they gave, I think they showed too much. I think lingering, leaving things in the shadows and at, at a distance was probably the better way to go. I didn't need this this like glimpse at that. I was just like, oh man, this looks cheesy. Looks like really at, right cheesy. at that point, yeah, right. Do you, so. Have you ever seen Old Greg? Do you know the? I'm, no. you know, have you ever seen that skit? Like I'm Old Greg. Okay, you got to look up Old Greg. But anyways, yeah. the creature for for my Old Greg stands out there. They know what I'm talking about. Um, the creature is just <laughs> looks like a wet, sloppy mess with hair. Um, kind of like cousin it if it fell in a lake, but right, um, yes. right, and Every, it's like, yeah, exactly. Why are you doing th- like it? It doesn't look good. But part of me makes me feel like, and the reason they're showing it in the trailer is to your point. I think it is because the the actual antagonist of this movie isn't this monster, right? Like I I think they're kind of getting away with the idea of like we don't have to really focus in too much on the monster. We don't even want our audiences to like be that freaked out by the monster because it's not to do with the monster it is to do with her her mind we see her calling uh asking for like a therapist at some point but i Mm. thought the the freaky 1960s game show music uh at the beginning was very it kind of really i think points out what this movie is gonna be which is like they're gonna contrast the bright 60s visuals when they're with christina ricci's character and then every time they show the kid it's gonna be like super dark and super scary Right. So I could see them kind of going that route of sort of like giving the audience the impression that it's like, oh, it's it's all in the kid's mind. Like he needs to he's just a scared little kid. But in reality, it's actually Christina Ricci pulling all the strings and doing all these things like I could see that her being the villain of the actual. I I think so, too. I I think that they're alluding to it so much, even in the poster uh, where you see her standing in the water Mm -hmm. Um and in the reflection of the water is like this this monstrous sort of uh, uh, entity like that's wrapping itself around. But, yeah. you know, it kind of alludes to the fact that, you know, the, it's her. It would be her reflection in the right. water. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I feel I don't like know if I want to check it out, though. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know either if I, I really want to check it out. I'll, I would. I love I Christina Ricci, though. Like I her, do. her in more horror and her, supernatural yeah. stuff. Right. Like, let's yeah. go. But yeah, we. We talked mm. about like how how uh, Tim Burton's doing the the Wednesday I think series yeah. or, or movie the fa- Adams Family uh, spinoff and Tim Burton's doing it and that's at Netflix mm-hmm. um, and the fact that Christina Ricci's going to be in that that's that's great because uh, you know we, we'd love to see more of her especially working with Tim Burton so mm-hmm. uh, it, it's interesting to see this this kind of gave me also like a bit of a nineties maybe early 2000s horror movie vibe where it's a, yeah. it kind in of the looks house. a little very low yeah it looks a little cheesy yeah. like it just yeah. you know what i mean like it's one of those horror movies so i don't know we'll see i don't know i'm i'm interested to see how how people, what people are going to think of it but i don't think yeah. i'm going to check it out i don't think it'll be something unless people are like yo this movie fucks with your head <laughs> Yeah. got to check it out then i'll yeah, be like yeah, all yeah. right fine i'll watch it i'll watch it yeah, we'll, we'll wait we'll wait and see what people <laughs> we'll wait say. and see um, so maybe it'll be part of a a future uh, watch. Watch yeah, We're getting we're getting a little, uh, you know, our our hair's growing out like the monster from Monstrous right now, and it's way yeah, too I'm long. Looking like a wet sloppy mess. So let's <laughs> wet, let's find that end to this wet sloppy <laughs> brick looking mess. Um, Justin, <laughs> um, what uh, what ya, bud? What what you been what you been watching? What you been playing? What you been reading? What you been watching, my friend? So the the only thing that I actually watched this past week was mm-hmm. uh, Ozark season four, part two, uh, which we were uh, given the opportunity to screen early and, and review, yeah. which is out now. So yep. so if you if you are an Ozark fan and you want to 
hear our thoughts. We we only watched the first six episodes, which we're, I still, we're as our... of this recording, haven't watched the finale. I still need to do it. You haven't watched the finale? Okay, no. cool. So so <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be watching that. We'll be watching that, and then um, uh, we'll be reviewing it uh, and posting that at a later date. But mm-hmm. yeah, I uh, that's all I've been watching this week, uh, other than maybe playing a little bit of Star Wars. I was gonna Lego. say any I'm, games? I'm, You've been getting into the yeah. Lego Skywalker saga. Oh yeah, I've only I've only I'm I'm like amidst episode two right now, okay. and I'm I'm doing like one and two, three, yeah, yeah, four, yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm enjoying the the activities, mm-hmm. but I find it really weird that it, at certain parts in this in this game, you're just walking yeah. to follow people and to do things, and like I guess I'm gonna go do those things, but I'm gonna come back and probably explore it's the best a lot way to more. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Awesome. Yeah. I'm. I'm. It's just really strange, though. That like, and there's just dialogue of people talking, and it's like, I don't know what this this is supposed to do for me, other than for me to just get my narrative pieces, I guess. Pretty much of where I am, where I'm at in this in the story, and they're having such liberties with with the the actual um, story uh, stories of each of the the uh, of episode one and episode mm-hmm. two thus mm-hmm. far. And it's it's kind of fun. It's parody. It's it's sure. you know it's it has that comedy aspect. I know you've been playing it as well. You're probably further along, if not already done all nine, right? I, no, you know what? I I actually just wrapped episode three last night, um, and I'm I'm going to be moving into uh, to uh, a new hope now. Um, oh, but nice. I, I okay. felt I do I do understand what you're saying. Where there's a lot of moments where you're just like. M- literally walking to the next spot or the next place to continue the story. Um, their, their, their initial idea with the design for the game is that you would play a story moment and then it would unlock and open up for you to do all the side quests within that little pocket of moment. I do find that that even just the, the time it takes to do all those specific little things really drags down the the pacing so if I, yeah i agree with you dude if, if i'm gonna make a recommendation it's funny if you look at my progress for episode one uh for a phantom menace i have um like 58 percent done and then i have 50 and then, i was i was right. blown away i was like what how could i have only done 50 like dude, i did i did all so of the much. stuff that's yeah. crazy but the reason for that's that nuts. is because a lot of the stuff you can't even accomplish until you've finished the other uh, trilogies and you unlock different characters or different aspects that allow you to do them. So it, it, it really is designed. It's, it's kind of like the design of the game is sort of um, clashing against itself where it's encouraging you to go out and explore, but you can only go so far and then you yeah. continue the storyline. Whereas honestly, okay, so I'm not crazy. You're not, I'm not crazy. crazy. Yeah. I'm going to recommend I, I, I'm, it. Yeah. I'm not a seasoned gamer. So like, yeah. I'm, I'm just like every time I'm, I'm like walking with this person that's yeah. telling me story stuff, they're walking so slow and I'm like, Oh, there's stuff over there. I can go collect that. Yeah. Oh, what are those people just, doing? It's just like, do the story. Know. Just go through the story, <laughs> honestly. And then, and then, and then when you finish all nine uh, yeah. movies, then if you feel like you want to go back and do 100%, it's going to be, honestly, you'll be doing it so much faster because you'll have unlocked those different capabilities. Interesting. Yeah. And can I can do it with any character at that point or no? Well, it'll. there's different versions of all the different characters, right? Like there's the, the smuggler, there's the droid, there's the Jedi. So you'll have, you'll have a, a bunch of them. And even those characters unlock different abilities later throughout oh, the sweet. different ones. Um, okay. Where, where you know, even having some of those characters be like, oh, I need a like a mechanic for this one, but my mechanic hasn't unlocked the specific ability yet. So even then, right. I still can't do it. So it's right, it's right, uh, right. again, it just feels like the the design for it is kind of clashing, which is a bit of a negative for it. But 
if you're a Star Wars fan and a Lego fan, yeah, it looks it's, it's fun. Phenomenal. It's it's definitely fun. I'm 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 enjoying it. The graphics are great on the PS5. Yeah, uh, that's that's the console I decided wanted to get for because I just thought better graphics and instead of using it, on on the Switch, yeah, on the Switch, yeah, well, on the Go sort of thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm using the Switch for other games, and I'll save that for another watch. Yeah, but Nate, what you been up to this this past week? Other than speaking of, I know uh, you've been watching Ozark. Yeah, I've been watching Ozark, and I I'm literally. I'm probably going to watch the finale either after this recording or early tomorrow morning. But um, I, uh, yeah, I've been, you know what? Usually with Whatcha, we like to like suggest something that we've been enjoying. Um, I'm going to go a little bit different. Speaking of video game adaptations, uh, I've been keeping up with Halo. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm, we're on episode five. And Justin, <laughs> Has it been just a downward trajectory for you? Yeah, a little like, bit. Is it like you're slowly landing on this one? Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like a pelican. I'm I I don't know I don't know who this show is is for, because um, it's it's. Are they it's, getting the lore? Are they are they building out? Dude, the it's things? not the lore is not interesting enough for a new person to come in and for it to be like here we're explaining what's going on. There's not enough of that going on for someone who's never touched Halo, so it doesn't right. work for new audiences. And then okay. they they stray pretty far away from from the games to the point where like as a so diehard Halo fan. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to do something different. I respect that. Cool. cool. But it almost seems like I don't I just don't care. Like I really don't <laughs> care. And it's like the last episode I think had the most Halo aspects of it, which was episode five, like really good. There were some dope action moments. They're they've got, you know, they're running with the gun. You know, it's like a whole there's ships landing. They show the different enemy types, right? We got jackals running in there. We got grunts running in there, you know. Uh but I just, I just don't care about the like kind of what they're trying to do. Um, I thought that them, you know, um, we get to see Pablo Schreiber actually mm. in the series. He's not behind a mask <laughs> the entire time, which is something we speculated. And I thought that that would be something that would really humanize his character. And like they're trying to do that by showing some of his backstory. Right. Dude, we're five episodes in. I don't give two craps about Master Chief in this series. Like I really don't care about him enough um and it's they do they keep doing things that pull me out of it as well like do you know when when they show helmeted characters and you see like a close-up of their face right and it's Mm. you're meant to be seeing what their facial expression is behind the mask (laughs) they keep doing that it's just pablo schreiber's face stretched across my oled tv and i'm just like oh like oh i don't i don't Oh, that's uh, that's all. I don't need to see that that close. Um, and I just well, what you get all that OLED for then, man? That's if it. Not to see see, see Pablo his, Schreiber's his face. face sweaty, stretched across my screen. He's just he's not. Oh. They're not making him likable at all. And I just I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of I'm at a place where I'm like I have to keep watching it because I want to see where they go with it. And they are doing a season two, but I'm going to be canceling Paramount Plus as soon as this, as soon as the season is over. Wow, dude! I watched wow. I watched Jackass forever, and then I I'm going to finish this, and then I don't need Paramount Plus anymore. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Damn. there's anything else. Have you have you tried anything on Paramount Plus? Stay far away, dude. Stay far away from the new Fairly Odd Parents show the live action <laughs> fairly odd parents show absolute garbage and an insult an insult to anyone who ever liked that show and then uh, the rugrats dude the rugrats show is disgusting like don't get me wrong i stand by animation this looks like it it's like an art style that they purposely did like we're gonna make it look like it was developed on a pc from 
nineteen like eighties? Like, why does it look so? Like, it looks like. Do you remember what reboot looked like? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Old it's school. that, but in twenty twenty two. What? It's it's almost like so w- when I saw the first look of of the Rugrats, dude. Um, I I was interested, but yeah. I, I what I actually thought was kind of quirky is they that that they tr- took the retro computer graphic style of the time when when Rugrats was a thing, and they sure. brought it, they brought it to to its sort of three D animated. It doesn't work, dude. And it, it I don't think it worked. No. I don't think it. I don't think it. Especially worked, when so. your when your premiere episode for the Rugrats is forty three minutes long. What? <laughs> Who are you making this show for? I don't understand what Paramount is doing with this stuff. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I will, I'll in a future watch you if we make it to the end of Halo and it's amazing, then I'll let you know. But uh, that is it. We hope you enjoyed this week in Geek. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. If you want to write into the show with you know your thoughts on this week's news or any of the content that we cover, uh, I'm going to use my little uh, Minecraft uh, pickaxe. I don't know what I don't know what they do in Minecraft. <laughs> Justin, can you tell them <laughs> how to reach us? Uh, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, including our recent spoiler-free review uh, for The Northman, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Ozark Season 4 Part 2. Uh, up to six episodes. Uh, and then we're going to have our spoiler-filled thoughts on the the entire part two, including the finale, very soon. Uh, plus, keep in mind, we also have our ongoing weekly watch club happening for Marvel's Moon Knight, uh, which we're going to be dropping this Friday, where we'll have, again, mm-hmm. an, uh, our special guest, uh, friend of the show, Mike Smith, from the Dumpster Talk podcast, on uh, again to talk about the penultimate episode. He, he, was, he did such a great job uh, with us in episode four, which if you haven't already listened to go back of course because that episode episode four of slaps. was just so good slaps. slaps so if you want to go and, and have a good time listen to us chuckle on with all our theories you can you can do that uh give go, go give those episodes a listen and leave a five-star review if you don't mind uh last thing here we are going to be entering a very strange uh multiverse real soon <laughs> and we're going to have so much coverage around Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness that we're going to be taking a week off of this week in geek so no uh, no episode next Wednesday but trust me it's going to be like when you hear some of the things that we are going to be uh doing on the podcast centering around Multiverse of Madness uh it's going to be it's going to be really exciting i'm so stoked to uh to see what we do it's going to be strange uh anyways we are geek centric and you can be too so you can also check us out on youtube at youtube.com slash geek centric and also uh again on twitter at geek centric yt justin thank you so much for joining me for today's episode and as we say love you peace <laughs>